is with profound sadness that I announce the death of Constable Devon Northrup and Constable Morgan Russell. Words cannot describe our grief. This is personal for me. I went to police college with Morgan 33 years ago. This is a heartbreaking time for our police service. The families impacted, our emergency services personnel, and our communities. Yeah, there you go. That is the voice of South Simcoe Police Chief, uh, Chief Van Dyke, who came out uh, yesterday afternoon around 1 o'clock, and it was so, so clear the struggle he faced um, reporting not just to the public, but in front of his own members, all the police officers, all the frontline staff, all the secretaries, the people that work in that office. You know, these places are home to a lot of people. They're second families, and he's telling them about the loss of these two police officers. And um, I want to bring in John Reed to this conversation. He joins us on Thursdays weekly now. He's president of the Toronto Police Association. And first and foremost, uh, John, again, here we are expressing our condolences because I know when this happens to one police officer, it, it, it just it's not just a South Sim- Simcoe issue, especially in light that this is the fourth four police officers in one month have now been killed. Yes, good morning, Alex. Thank you for having me today. Uh, yeah. There's no words to express how this has impacted the police community as a whole. Um, you know, obviously, for the immediate family, the two officers were murdered. Um, the South Simcoe Police Service, Ontario police officers, and Canadian police officers. Uh, you know, these deaths so close back to back is mm-hmm. being truly, I think, shaking for a lot of our members. Yeah, it would be hard to think that it wouldn't be. I mean, the last time we spoke, we spoke about, you know, uh, you know, after the assassination of Constable Hong, and then, of course, you know, we had the, the drunk driving uh, killing of the York Region officer. And, and so when we talked, we talked about morale, how it's impacting officers. And at that time, when we talked, John, they were struggling. And so when you get two more officers killed, uh, what are some of the supports that would get brought in? Because I'm not sure we have found ourselves in this kind of situation uh, before. Yeah, so typically here, the Toronto Police Association, we have a, a fairly robust system as far as um, internal support for our members, uh, peer support, uh, counselors are available. Um, but that's, you know, the reality is we do have the benefit of having a larger service, larger association. Yeah. Um, I, I did have the privilege of speaking with the president of the South Simcoe Police Association. We've offered our condolences and resources and support, anything we can do to help them as well. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to heal, and, and certainly a lot of questions are going to, to come out of this. I mean, when you look at the background of these particular officers, um, you know, Constable Northrop, uh, he served in the mental health crisis outreach. He had that experience. He, he had the experience of working on a support team and the emergency response unit. And then you've got Constable Russell, a 33-year-old vet, trained in crisis negotiation. So you had officers on scene of a crisis situation, and, you know, it clearly um, took them off guard because these are two officers who should have had the training and would have had the training to try to de-escalate a situation. Yeah, and I will never kind of armchair quarterback any officer in any situation. I think the reality here, though, is that uh, we do have to wait for the investigation to be conducted and actually get the actual facts. I've heard all a lot of different varying stories and uh, ideas, but I think we owe it to the officers uh, to allow for the investigation to kind of uh, be conducted and have the results shared with the public once that's done. 
I don't think we need an investigation, though, John, um, to tell us that policing today in 2022 is is not the same as it was, you know, 10 years ago, even 15 years ago. It, it has changed. The escalation of violence that officers face, you know, when you go to a disturbance call, um, you know, the cops go to them probably 20 a day. I mean, they go there all the time. There's a disturbance. There's an issue. They go in and then there's just this fear of what is the unknown. So I think we, we don't need, I don't think, an investigation to tell us that police face a much more different, a much more seriously um, dangerous environment than they did before. I, I think you're absolutely right. So what we're looking at now is a totally different uh, style or world, I think, that we had, as you pointed out, 10 years ago. Uh, the gun violence in the city is rampant now. Uh, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. with the media, it's become an everyday occurrence across the city. And our members are unfortunately in the front row dealing with this each and every day. You know, I think every radio call an officer goes to these days, uh, there's a greater risk than there was probably 20 years ago as far as violence against these officers. Violence against police officers is on the rise. And here we have now two instances where we know, in fact, one officer was, uh, you know, assassinated, as you've, you pointed mm-hmm. out. Uh, and this may have been the situation with this uh, most recent incident, um, which is greatly disturbing. As I mentioned before, this is stuff that took place down in the U.S. in the past, not up here in Canada. And I think the public, because uh, I know how our members are, should be very disturbed and concerned about this. What's the solution, John? Because, look, big city crime is not just a Toronto problem. We know that municipalities further north are also dragged into this because criminals have realized they can build their networks further north. It's a lot cheaper to live there. Um, We know that they can do their crime kind of more undetected. But we do have these smaller branches like South Simcoe Police, like Midland, like uh, Barrie. They're smaller detached uh, units. Is there a way to streamline services so that officers have more protection? Like what, what needs to happen in your mind, even though it is very kind of early on? So I think you have to look at crime itself, crime and criminals. They don't know any borders or boundaries. Um, no, any municipal line doesn't mean anything to them. What we need is increased investment in policing. So the police services across Ontario, across Canada, have the ability to share information uh, in a very timely manner. Uh, right. So that when we Without are creating more bureaucracy, because you don't want more, more exactly. bureaucracy, we need timely information for cops. Yeah. And, and that's key for us as police officers, the timely information as a case in point, if we get a radio call, first thing that our comms uh, dispatchers will do and call takers, they gather as much information as they can for an officer before they go to the call. And that is important. But the reality is any veteran police officer will tell you, rarely is the call you're dispatched to the call you get to. From the point of view of we don't get all the information it ends up being something else or some other issue and it can mm-hmm. commonly be quite uh more violent than we actually thought originally no question about it i mean now we learn it was a, a sks semi-auto rifle uh, and that is a very common hunting rifle so we don't know who, ha- who who had it who got it who bought it but it did end up in the hands of this 23 year old um, and again, legal or not, uh, when, when they're turned on the police, it, it's a no-win situation. Oh, absolutely. And that's, um, you know, any hunting rifle is far more of a concern, obviously, for an officer, even more than, than handguns. Um, but I think any officer that goes to these calls, you know, they're always switched on. They're paying attention. Uh, anytime you go into someone else's house, that's their turf. Yeah. Right? They know what's in that house. The officers don't, especially if it's the first time they've been there. So they're going to be paying attention. They're going to be um, very cautious.
There's no question that these officers had that training, and that's why I kind of alluded to the fact that they, they had that training in de-escalation and mental health uh, support. So they, they were equipped to deal with the unknowns. And then, of course, uh, if a gun's pointed at them, they would not have known that that was coming. I thought some interesting polling came out today, John, when it comes to Angus Reid and the reporting of violent crime and how Canadians feel about it. And Canadians are taking notice. Uh, there's a concern that community, you know, community crime rates are at their highest point in a decade. And so three in five Canadians, Angus, three and five, 60% believe there has been more crime in their community over the last five years. And we know violent crime has been going up. We've talked about it. But other forms of crime are going down. But the perception is across this country, seemingly, John, that things are not as safe as they once were. And so there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. Is this a policing issue or is this a lack of leadership issue at the government level? I know where I lean. Where do you see this? I think it comes from the top, uh, quite honestly. So we have to start looking at the federal government as far as um, things like bail reform, uh, sentencing. You know, the reality is we have some individuals out there. They're going to be career criminals and nothing we do for them yeah. is going to change them. Yeah. Uh, you know, those people need to be brought before the courts and provided with lengthy jail sentences. They are a risk to the general public. And I realize we have these police officers that are being murdered. Um, you know, but I'll take you back to the and and Andrew Hong incident where we had mm -hmm. several civilians that were murdered and shot as well. You know, we, 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 the public has to take notice of what's going on here in the city and also in, in Ontario. And to your point now, into some of the smaller uh, towns outside of Toronto. You know, the, the, these criminals don't know any boundaries. So we need to make sure people are aware of it and we need to put pressure on government to do something about it. Is there a concern um, within the force? Uh, certainly, I mean, every force will have it. It's its own, um, you know, its own its own talk. But is there a, a concern that that police are going to be more targeted? I mean, we had a, a Constable Hong who was assassinated. Now we've got these two other officers who became a target. And so does this set a, a dangerous precedent? And is there something that goes on behind the scenes with with officer training to, to kind of equip themselves with what could be a new reality? Well, I think our members, any police officer across Canada and North America, once these events start coming to light, um, we are very, very concerned this could be a trend. Um, yeah. and, and as a result, we have to make sure we pay attention and be very, very vigilant out there. Now, our, pro our officers are professionals. Um, they do a great job each and every day. And people have to understand, these members get up every day, they go to work, and they're there to protect and support the communities. They do a great job at that, but they need the communities to also support them. And that's where they really will thrive, I think. And kind of push those issues forward as far as training goes you know we're constantly evaluating training situations unfortunately with terrible situations like this uh, we will always look at them services will look at them and if something did go wrong how can we try and avoid it next time Let's hope there's not a next time because we talk about this now far too often and I know it's a really, really tough on all the front lines. So, John, thanks very much for thoughts with you and, uh, and all our frontline uh, officers. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That's John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association, joining us here on Thursdays to kind of dissect the headlines, which sadly these days are uh, a lot too similar too often.